When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ayy. Hit it up hard, hit it with strike, from the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ayy. You already know what's up, what's that another home? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 393 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It's May 9th, and we got a special guest on the show today. He is a pitcher in the Padres organization, pitches for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, the high A affiliate for the Padres, Ryan Bergert. Ryan, thank you so much for joining the show. Yep, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. So, just wanted to get started kind of talking about this season so far for you and the 10 caps. I know you just made a start a couple days ago. Your numbers, I was looking at them, and they've been better so far this year than they were last year. I know it's a smaller sample size, obviously, and the minor league season starts even after the big league season starts. But has there been anything so far for you that you've changed compared to last year that has garnered this success for you? Um, yeah, I think so. A little bit has to do with, um, we, uh, cleaned up my delivery a little bit, got a little bit more efficient. Um, I've been able to maintain below a little bit better throughout my outings. Like last year, it would probably dip off towards, you know, the third inning or so. And this year I feel like I'm definitely more consistent with my below, which kind of could be a result in this more success sort of thing, but, you know, still working through some things. Walks aren't a little higher than I would like mm-hmm. them, but you know, we're getting out, it's getting putting up zeros, so it's been good so far. Yeah, and so did you do you work on that like in the off season, um, or going into spring training? Like you're kind of given that assistance by some guys in the organization, right? Yeah, um, you know, our coordinators are always sending us new things to work on and stuff like that, so you know, we've been implement, implementing things, you know, beginning the off season to the middle of the off season. Um, you know, here and there. And then in spring training, I picked up a few things as well. So it's, it's a constant learning curve whenever you're, you know, going through throughout the org and, uh, you know, it can be challenging at times, but um, you're always learning, always changing something. Nothing's ever really staying exactly the same. So who are those like main people that are helping you? Is it so the pitching coaches at the minor league level, but there's also some developmental guys as well. Right, yeah. There's uh, Rob Marcello and Jose Rada. Those are our two pitching coordinators, and you know, those are the kind of the top dogs, if you want to call them. They are uh, very, very uh, smart minds. They know a lot about pitching, and you know, every once in a while, they'll come over and be like, "Hey, try this. How's that feel? It feels good." You kind of, you kind of roll with it and see what it does. If the numbers are better, you know, on TrackMan or in game, you know, you keep going with it and kind of build off that so it's those are probably the main two guys I've been working with 
So you've been enjoying your time so far uh, in the organization? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've met a lot of good people. Obviously, since I've got here, uh, things have been shaken up. Um, you know, guys have got traded away. You know, faculty has meant, went to different orgs. And, but I like the core, guy, the core guys we got right now. I feel like I have good relationships with a lot of them. So, you know, I have no problems with the organization. Take me back, if you will, when you first got drafted by Padres, I believe it was the sixth round. Were you surprised when, like, when you got drafted, like the around the Padres that the team drafted you? Uh, just what was that like for you emotionally? Uh, it was definitely an um, interesting day, to say the least. Because, um, obviously, in college, I was coming off of um, a surgery, and yep. I had just finished rehab had thrown maybe a few bullpens, live AB sessions. And the draft came around. My agent was telling me like, hey, it's not 100%. You know, if the team finds value in you, you know, we'll see what we can get for you. But it's not 100% guaranteed for whatever. And so obviously I watched first round, kind of knew I wasn't going to get a call day one watch that, watch Merrill get drafted, not knowing that I would be there the following day with him in the same, same boat. But then day two rolls around, you know, gets about third round. I started getting a few calls, not for really like the money I would, would sign for. So I just turned them down. Then fourth, fourth rolls around, kind of same deal. Fifth round rolls around, I get a few more calls. And then Padres called me in sixth. So we'll give you so-and-so dollar amount and talk it over to my agent. He said, it's probably the best deal I'm going to get. Could squeeze a little bit more out if I were to hold on, but then I'm really, you know, really rolling the dice, going back to school. So, you know, I said, said let's do it. Um, and that's kind of, how it played out had a lot of family around me at the time. So I feel like I make the right decision for sure. Yeah. What was that communication like with the Padres organization? Like who were you speaking to first when you got drafted? Well, at the time, uh, the scouting director was Mark Connor, yep. who um, he was one of the first guys I talked on the phone with him and my area scout, Danny Sater. Those were probably the two main people I talked to like, First day, day of getting drafted, and then a few days after, it would trickle in. Like, um, who was it? I think the pitching coordinator at the time would give me a call or a text, and um, the farm director, I believe, gave me a call or text. And then they sent out my information. I was out there within four days, five days of the draft out to Arizona, and then I met basically everybody else there. So. Yeah. And so those like first in-person meetings with people in the organization, you said coming off at the Tommy John surgery, right? Uh, well, it, yes and no. Okay. Um, it, was, it was a repair. So, okay. you know, the, the Tommy John surgery is typically the 12, 16 month range for recovery. The one I had done was a little bit less invasive. So it was more of a eight month recovery. But if we want to get technical, it's not technically Tommy John, but I just call it Tommy John just to it's a lot easier for everybody. So, yeah. Okay. So after that, 
was there discussions of like just 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 go over the discussions of okay how were the first steps going to happen in the organization what were you going to do did they automatically come in with certain like recommendations on what they wanted you to improve on like what are those first conversations like um so the first ones they were more you know they wanted to get me out in the games the azl games and just see me pitch because obviously they hadn't seen a a bunch they've only seen a lot of film from before i was hurt and they've seen bullpens and a few live ab sessions but they wanted me to just get on the mound get comfortable with my body again so that's what i kind of did when i got to the azl it was like one time a week go out throw an inning um and then as as I threw more and more, they started, you know, tweaking a little, little thing here and there. But they didn't want to do anything crazy, um, obviously, because the arm was still coming off of rehab. A lot of change probably isn't the greatest thing for something like that. Um, but, yeah, just wanted to get me out there, get comfortable on the mound, um, and just main, maintain my health, I think, was the biggest mm-hmm. thing for them. And that was kind of the same same thing they were telling me the following year. Also, just get through the full season, stay healthy. That's all we're really worried about. The numbers will come when they come. So that's kind of what they've been telling me ever since. Yeah. What's been your favorite part so far just about being a professional baseball player in the minor leagues with the Padres? I would say being able to, you know, pick the brains of the people around me. Um, A lot of guys I've been working with, coaches and players have a lot of experience a lot of baseball knowledge that I, I just, I love picking their brains, you know, in the dugout at stretch, you know, just asking little questions here and there, like what they saw the game, the game day before stuff like that. And it's funny. Um, a lot of the times they could tell you before the pitch is thrown, what's going to happen on a certain play. Cause it's, they've seen so much baseball. It's just, it's insane, but it's, it's also fun. Yeah. What's it like uh, being a teammate with Jackson Merrill? Obviously, he's the Padres' top prospect. Padres fans got to see a lot of him in spring training if they were watching those games. It seems like he is uh, well beyond his years, you know, baseball-wise. How old is he? Like 19? I think he's 19 or 20. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously, I got to know him pretty well when we first got drafted, you know, got introduced with everybody at the same time, got to Arizona at the same time, played with him in a little bit of AZL. Um, didn't play with him at all last year. He was, you know, at Lakey. Uh, but, you know, he's he's a good kid. Um, I enjoy – he's really good around the clubhouse, fun to be around, energetic. Uh, you know, I got nothing really bad to say about him. He's, he's really cool. Yeah. Where do you hope to see yourself at the end of this year? And maybe – I know this is a long way down the road, but – maybe end of next year, like where have the Padres organization kind of had that goal for you or you're setting your own goals of where you want to be? Um, you know, it, I wouldn't say it, it's just out there for common knowledge for everybody to know exactly what where okay. they're going to be with the organization. But um, you know, obviously I put goals for myself and by the end of the year, I'd like to be in San Antonio, double A, obviously um, the higher, the better, you know, you always want to shoot and make the big league roster, but you know, you got to also be real. So I would probably, by the end of this year, I'd like to be in San Antonio for sure. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for the time, Ryan. This has been episode 393 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show brought to you by Gaglione Bros, Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. I appreciate it. Good luck so far, or good luck the rest of the season, man. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Thanks, man.